One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, it's Basha here and you're listening to the Slow Newscast from Tortoise. Rupert Murdoch is a giant in the world of media and politics. Some people see him as one of the world's most successful entrepreneurs, someone who's built a media empire across three continents. But others see him as the arch manipulator, a man who's used his power to influence presidents and prime ministers for decades. The mythology is clear. Rupert Murdoch looms large over his newsrooms and editors, calling the shots and shaping the coverage. But his role has always been in the background. Important, yes, influential, but often hidden. But now, thanks to hundreds of court documents, we know what went on at Fox News, one of Rupert Murdoch's most prized assets in the frantic days following Donald Trump's election defeat in 2020. Dominion Voting Systems, a voting machine manufacturer, is now suing Fox for $1.6 billion, alleging that Fox News knowingly aired false allegations about their devices during the vote. And Rupert Murdoch was caught right in the middle of a battle between Fox's ratings and the truth. The court documents lay bare the messages and communications and innermost workings of those at the very top of Fox News. And my colleague David Taylor, who's the former US deputy editor at The Guardian, has spent the past few weeks combing through those documents. And the story that he's discovered is one of panic, chaos and confusion. What is this happening here? Why is Arizona blue? Did we just call it? Did we make a call in Arizona? It's 11.20 p.m. on the 3rd of November, 2020. And in the studio at Fox News, Something just happened that changes the course of the US presidential election. Since the polls closed, Donald Trump has been in the lead and Joe Biden is trailing. But the whole thing is going to come down to a handful of swing states. And on the Fox News election map, Arizona just flipped to Democratic blue. Pundits have been predicting for weeks that election night will go like this. Trump jumps out into an early lead, then Biden will claw his way back through postal votes. They call it the Red Mirage, the illusion of a red Republican win over the blue Democrats, which gradually disappears. Okay, time out. This is a big development. Biden picking up Arizona changes the math. The two Fox News anchors seem to be in a state of shock because if Biden has won Arizona, Trump is heading for defeat. 
Fox News, Rupert Murdoch's arch-conservative cable news channel, is the first major network to declare that Biden has won in Arizona. Fox News, that helped to create the Donald Trump phenomenon. The channel that feeds hardcore Make America Great Again conservatives so much of what they want to hear, where conservative values are always under threat from outsiders, foreigners or left-wing extremists. Here is Fox with the news that no one in Trump's MAGA universe wants to hear. And it sets off an explosion at the White House, where Trump and his closest advisers are watching the night unfold. Immediately, the president's son-in-law, Jared Kushner, makes a call to Rupert Murdoch. In his own words, Murdoch recalls he was in England watching the election on TV in the early hours of the morning. My friend Jared Kushner called me saying, this is terrible, and I could hear Trump's voice in the background shouting. The Fox News Washington Bureau gets an angry text from a member of Trump's team claiming it's way too soon to be calling Arizona. And a member of the Fox election desk team goes on air to say, we're not pulling back that call. Biden makes a speech urging supporters to be patient with the vote counting, but he says he expects to win. And at 2.30 in the morning, wrong-footed Trump finally gets out in front of the cameras and claims the election has been stolen. This is a fraud on the American public. This is an embarrassment to our country. So we'll be going to the U.S. Supreme Court. We want all voting to stop. We don't want them to find any ballots at 4 o'clock in the morning and add them to the list, okay? It's, it's a very sad, it's a very sad moment. To me, this is a very sad moment. And we will win this. And we, as far as I'm concerned, we already have one. So I just want to thank By the time America goes to bed, the election is unresolved. But all the indicators are that Biden's win in Arizona will be the first domino to fall. And Michigan, Nevada, Wisconsin, Georgia and Pennsylvania will be next. By the next morning, viewers and conservative activists have turned on Fox. Internal messages between top executives reveal the turmoil. Holy cow, our audience is mad at the network. They're furious. The Fox News White House correspondent is emailing top executives, warning, we're taking major heat over the AZ call. Our viewers are also chanting, Fox News sucks. The stakes are high. For Trump, clinging to power and calling fraud. And for Fox, watching its audience react with fury. Trump fights. For weeks he'd been saying the only way he would lose was if the election was rigged and now a nationwide operation begins to find examples of fraud. In key states lawsuits launch and sink and vote recounts only confirm Trump's losses. The conspiracies become ever more outlandish. Then one idea sticks that voting machines in dozens of states have been fixed or hacked to flip votes from Donald Trump to Joe Biden. It's totally false, and further down the road, a memo from inside the Trump camp will emerge admitting as much. 
But Trump needs someone to blame, and he is so furious with Fox that he urges his supporters to abandon the network and get their news at even more ultra-loyalist fringe outlets like Newsmax and the One America News Network. Fox News is in crisis and faces a choice. Do you give your audience the facts or do you serve them what they want to hear? The central question for serious journalism, for newsrooms everywhere, used to be, do you have the independence to speak truth to power? But in the case of Fox News, that question became something else. Do you have the independence to speak truth to your audience? This is the story of what happened next inside Rupert Murdoch's flagship channel. It's based on an absolute treasure trove of internal private messages, emails and conversations between Rupert Murdoch, his top staff and his star names that reveal more than ever before about the way he operates and what happens when he has to choose between facts and ratings. I'm David Taylor and this is Murdoch News Versus The Truth, a slow newscast from Tortoise. You probably think you know all about Rupert Murdoch. He's the media giant who's been controlling presidents and prime ministers behind the scenes for decades. Or you might think you know him as one of the world's great entrepreneurs who built a media empire in three continents. And either way, the Murdoch mythology is clear. He looms over his newsrooms and his editors, calling the shots, shaping the coverage and the conversation in the UK, Australia and the US. But actually, we know remarkably little about how Rupert Murdoch operates. Well, that all changed in February this year, thanks to a US legal case called Dominion Voting Systems versus Fox News Network. Fox News is being sued for $1.6 billion by the company which provided voting machines for 28 states in the 2020 presidential election. Again and again, for months after Trump lost the election, Fox put claims on air about this company, Dominion. I know that there were voting irregularities. That the election had been fixed. Investigations of potential fraud, potentially dead people voting. That the vote counters were somehow in on it. The video appears to show election workers pulling out suitcases from beneath a table and then illegally counting ballots without... That the machines turned votes from red to blue. The machine ran an algorithm that shaved votes from Trump and awarded them to Biden. None of the allegations were true, and Dominion has calculated that it contacted people at Fox more than 3,000 times to say so, but the wild claims stayed on air. Dominion is a company that's owned by another company. You're going to be astonished when I tell you how it was formed. It was formed really by three Venezuelans who were very close to the di dictator Chavez. Dominion versus Fox is due to go to trial in April, but more than 800 pages of legal documents give us a 360-degree view of what was happening inside Fox with emails, texts, WhatsApp messages and interviews, including two separate interviews with Murdoch himself given under oath. There's a cast of characters inside Fox, in politics and from the wild fringes of American life. There are on-air stars like Tucker Carlson, Sean Hannity and Laura Ingram. 
There's Trump, of course, and his rolling cast of hangers-on and opportunists like Rudy Giuliani and a Texas lawyer, a woman called Sidney Powell. Then there is Fox's biggest advertiser, Mike Lindell, better known as the My Pillow Guy. He's a recovering crack cocaine and gambling addict who made a fortune when the idea of selling pillows came to him in a dream. He's paid more than $80 million to Fox in advertising and pops up freely on air, launching his conspiracy theories as a guest on primetime shows. I dare Dominion to sue me. If there's nothing to hide, let's bring it out so we all can see it. Instead, they're trying to erase Mike Lindell and erase my pillow. Well, I'm not going to be erased. It all reads like a political bestseller and takes us right inside the workings of Fox and the thinking of Murdoch in his own words. What follows is based on those documents. Over the course of two days in January this year, Rupert Murdoch is being questioned by lawyers for Dominion Voting Systems. They ask him about the hours after Fox called Arizona for Biden and that call with Jared Kushner, with Trump shouting in the background. This is Murdoch in his own words. I said to Jared, well, the numbers are the numbers. A lawyer asks, it is fair to say you seriously doubted any claim of massive election fraud. Murdoch says, oh, yes. And you seriously doubted it from the very beginning. Yes. I mean, we thought everything was on the up and up. I think that was shown when we announced Arizona. He sounds sure of himself there, but on November the 4th, 2020, in the first hours after Fox calls Arizona for Biden, the pressure is building inside Fox News as they face heat from the Trump camp and their own audience. Arizona is uh, going the other way. I know you're one of the only places in the world that called it for him. Many of the other networks and uh, anti-Trump papers haven't called it yet. And MAGA world, the Make America Great Again universe of Trump, Fox and the hardcore conservative audience, it's in turmoil. From Fox Corporation headquarters, where ratings are followed like the North Star, there's a panic about audience numbers. There's a brand protection unit, and it's busy, full of dire warnings in emails to execs, saying things like, lots of conservative criticism of the AZ call. We're going to get hit very hard by the right. Execs at Fox are panicking. We're going to look back and know this was when we lost a significant part of our audience who won't come back. It's chaos, on and off the air, Fox sends one of its election desk team out on air to say they won't be pulling back on the Arizona call. We've made it after basically a half hour of debating. Up pops Trump's former strategist, Steve Bannon, on Fox. President Trump won an overwhelming victory on on Tuesday night with with certifiable, verifiable legal votes. It is a head-spinning time for the Fox audience. One moment you're being told... Biden might be heading for the White House, and in the next breath, it sounds like Trump has won. And the Trump message that's been running for weeks, the only way I lose is if it is rigged. All that scene setting he did, it's working. This is one of the stars of Fox, Sean Hannity. It will be impossible to ever know the true, fair, accurate election results. That's a fact. 
It's helpful at this point to think about what Fox News looks like on air every day. Good morning, New York City. Good morning, America. It is Monday. It starts with a breakfast show. It promises casual and spontaneous discourse, mixed with news, weather, sport and entertainment. Through the day, it looks more like a typical news channel, political reporters popping up on the White House lawn, correspondents telling stories around the US that play to the issues their audience gets riled up about. But at night, in prime time, Fox News is quite different. The big marquee names, Tucker Carlson, Sean Hannity and Laura Ingram, bring the opinions that really shape conservative thought. It's like stand-up, without the jokes. Angry, partisan and incredibly influential. The audience loves them and if you are a Republican politician or voter, this is where your worldview is getting formed. So in the days after Fox declared that Trump had lost in Arizona, this is the dynamic. Arizona is over now and the race is down to Pennsylvania and Georgia. The audience is furious. They think Fox has betrayed them by saying Biden has won. Trump is furious. Fox has betrayed him. And the big star names of Fox News are furious too. And they think they've been betrayed by their own news team. Tucker Carlson wrote to his producer on November the 5th saying, We worked really hard to build what we have. Those fuckers are destroying our credibility. It enrages me. But Carson and his producer are thinking about how to balance what the audience wants and what the facts dictate. It's a hard needle to thread, the producer says, but I really think many on our side are being reckless demagogues right now. And Tucker Carlson comes back. Of course they are. We're not going to follow them. At this stage, they're at least trying to hold the line on facts. They seem to be recognising that there is a real risk of pulling down the whole edifice of American democracy. Then Carlson sees the risk they are personally facing. What Trump's good at is destroying things. He's the undisputed world champion of that. He could easily destroy us if we play it wrong. For the stars of Fox primetime, the fear is the audience loves Trump more than it loves them. By November the 5th, Trump is lashing out claiming the election is rigged. We're still ahead by a lot, but uh, not as many, because they're finding ballots all of a sudden. Oh, we have some mail-in ballots. It's amazing how those mail-in ballots are so one-sided. That night, on air, Carlson is struggling to thread that needle. How do you travel this very narrow path where you can get to the place your audience wants to be without just ignoring the truth? You'd make certain that we got to the bottom of any credible claim of fraud. Not all the claims are credible, some are. In Fox's reporting team, Trump's fraud line isn't taken seriously at all. One internal message reads, there is no evidence of fraud. None. And Rupert Murdoch himself is privately incredibly sceptical. On November the 6th, he emails the editor of his tabloid paper, The New York Post, saying... Very hard to cry foul everywhere. Half of what Trump is saying is bullshit and damaging. Murdoch makes a point of sharing the email with Suzanne Scott, the CEO of Fox News, and it reaches all the senior people. 
I should tell you about Suzanne Scott. She's got an amazing backstory. Her dad ran a trucking company from their New Jersey home and her mother worked in real estate. She was at Fox right from the start in 1996 and came in as a programming assistant. And now she runs Fox News. At the parent company, Fox Corporation, Lachlan Murdoch, Rupert's oldest son, has day-to-day oversight of Fox News. But it's clear both Rupert and Lachlan each call Suzanne Scott about once a day. Rupert phones and emails with suggestions on hosts, narratives, topics and guests, how to cover the conspiracy claims and how to treat Trump. As Murdoch says in evidence, I'm a journalist at heart. I like to be involved in these things. After Murdoch's hard-to-cry-foul-everywhere email is shared, there's discussion amongst primetime executives about whether Tucker Carlson, Laura Ingram and Sean Hannity would push false claims of election fraud. One exec says, I feel really good about Tucker and Laura. I think Sean will see the wisdom of this track eventually, but even this morning he was still looking for examples of fraud. Sean Hannity was clearly in despair in this period. Over the years, Hannity has become a kind of icon for Trump supporters. He's one of the MAGA family. He regularly shares a stage at Trump rallies. One thing that has made and defined your presidency more than anything else, promises made, promises kept. The three stars of Fox News primetime have their own group chat. And on November 12th, Hannity is fuming at the way the network has covered the news. In one week, they destroyed a brand that took 25 years to build and the damage is incalculable. They chat about the possibility of competition to Fox emerging. Hannity says, Serious dollars with serious distribution could be a real problem. In my humble opinion, they need to address. But what the fuck do I know? November the 7th is a momentous day. Rudy Giuliani is holding a press conference in the crucial swing state of Pennsylvania to talk about his latest legal challenges. He seems to think it has been booked for the Four Seasons Hotel, five blocks away. But when he gets there, the podium is set up by the garage door of the Four Seasons Total Landscaping Company, not far from a sex shop and a crematorium. And while Giuliani is speaking... There was no inspection of a single mail-in ballot. The Associated Press calls the state of Pennsylvania for Biden. Fox follows suit. It means Biden has won the election and Trump has lost. Rupert Murdoch emails an editor. Just saw a bit of Rudy ranting. A terrible influence on Donald. And then he emails his son Lachlan immediately after. We should and could have gone first. But at least being second saves us a Trump explosion. Lachlan replies, I think, good to be careful, especially as we're still somewhat exposed on Arizona. Somewhat exposed doesn't quite cover it. Biden gives an acceptance speech, Trump refuses to concede, and on Fox that night, Tucker Carlson starts talking about various theories. There could be merit to claims about software manipulation, he says. We don't know how many votes were stolen on Tuesday night. We don't know anything about the software that many say was rigged. We don't know. By the next day, Rupert Murdoch is back messaging Suzanne Scott. Ratings are down at Fox and up at CNN. Getting creamed by CNN, he says. So Suzanne Scott, Rupert and Lachlan have a long talk 
about the direction Fox should take in response to the falling ratings. They discuss how to win back viewers, including by not booking Democratic guests. Remember, up to now, Rupert Murdoch's been the voice warning about election fraud conspiracies, but that was before ratings kept going down. The decision Rupert Murdoch later confirmed in his deposition was to allow Trump's wild claims of a stolen election on air. In his interview under oath, Rupert Murdoch justifies the change, that it was only a matter of reporting the news. He says, We report the news and we have dozens of people a day on the channels that are talking about the news. And this was big news. The President of the United States was making wild claims. But that is news. But navigating all of this was proving impossible for Fox. Trump has lost, but won't concede. How do you cover the news of the result accurately and stop the hardcore Trump audience from switching off? Suzanne Scott sends a reassuring text to Rupert Murdoch. Viewers going through the five stages of grief. It's a question of trust. The AZ was damaging, but we will highlight our stars and plant flags, letting the viewers know we hear them and respect them. Rupert Murdoch replies, All very true. Lots of sane Fox viewers still believe in Trump. But for the news team covering the Trump White House, it's not so easy to navigate. A Fox anchor cuts away from a White House press conference when the press secretary starts making unsubstantiated allegations about election fraud. And we want every illegal vote. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I just think we have to be very clear. She's charging, uh, the other side is welcoming fraud and welcoming illegal voting. Unless she has more details to back that up, I can't in good countenance continue showing you this. Trying to report the facts and provide balance is the problem. Cutting away is a massive problem for the brand team at Fox Corporation, which immediately alerts Fox News to the brand threat. Everyone is watching the upstart Newsmax. One exchange between Fox News execs says, they're just whacking us. They definitely have a strategy across all shows to try to target and steal our viewers. When Fox's White House correspondent, Jackie Heinrich, went on Twitter to say, there's no evidence that any voting system deleted or lost votes, changed votes, or was in any way compromised. Tucker Carlson writes in a group chat. Please get her fired. Seriously, what the fuck? I'm actually shocked. It needs to stop tonight, immediately, like tonight. It's immeasurably hurting the company. The stock price is down. Not a joke. At Fox Corporation headquarters, the execs are getting more data. Our brand is under heavy fire from our customer base. On our current course, if not already, then by the weekend, opinions of Fox from our core viewers will be underwater. TV ratings show the Fox audience hit a massive 3.3 million a night in November 2020 and fell to 2.2 million in December. And Newsmax, the one they're all worried about, went up. It gained about 37,000 viewers in the same period, hitting 333,000 in December. More messages fly around. Bold, clear and decisive action is needed for us to begin to regain the trust. Positive impressions of Fox News among our viewers dropped precipitously after Election Day to the lowest levels we've ever seen. And a few days later... We are now underwater with our viewers. 
It was also on November the 8th that something else changed. Dominion voting systems started to become the story. And this is where the extraordinary figure of Sidney Powell comes in. There has been a massive and coordinated effort to steal this election from we, the people of the United States of America. She was a little-known lawyer from Texas until, in the early days of Trump's presidency, she started acting for his disgraced former national security adviser, General Mike Flynn. Flynn was accused of making misleading statements to the FBI over his contacts with Russia. And Trump noticed Sidney Powell giving a good account of herself on Fox. From time to time after that, the president would call her up. So that is how Powell became a kind of bit-part player in the MAGA universe, known to Trump and a familiar face on Fox. And when there was an election result to challenge, suddenly she was on the scene, a sort of sidekick for Rudy Giuliani, and to all intents and purposes, part of the Trump legal team. She pre-records an interview for Fox, which goes out on the 8th of November on Maria Bartiromo's Sunday show. And Powell, dressed in leopard print and leather, starts talking about a massive and coordinated effort to steal the election from Trump using an algorithm that flipped votes to Biden. They also used an algorithm to calculate the votes they would need to flip, and they used the computers to flip those votes. No evidence was offered for the outrageous claim, but viewers love it. That same day, Suzanne Scott tells Rupert Murdoch about the importance of keeping the audience who loves and trusts us. We need to make sure they know we aren't abandoning them and still champions for them. What was the evidence for these claims that Powell sent to Bartiromo the day before the broadcast? It's an email headed election fraud info that Powell received from an anonymous source, which Powell herself admits is pretty wackadoodle. Powell's source shares a succession of conspiracy claims, declares that the wind talks to her and says, who am I and how do I know all of this? I've had the strangest dreams since I was a little girl. From such a beginning, the Dominion story goes berserk and Powell is suddenly everywhere. Her most stunning moment came when she joined Giuliani for a press conference at the Republican National Committee headquarters in Washington, D.C. The election was over, the lawsuits had founded, but Trump's Stop the Steal lie was a runaway train Giuliani ended the event under hot lights with a rivulet of black hair dye rolling down his left cheek and Sidney Powell, flushed with the success of her invented attack on Dominion voting systems, grabbed the spotlight. The massive influence of communist money through Venezuela, Cuba and likely China in the interference with our elections here in the United States the Dominion voting systems were created in Venezuela at the direction of Hugo Chavez to make sure he never lost an election. It was absurd. And it turns out even Donald Trump, who was fighting like hell, thought so. The day after the press conference, President Trump spoke by phone with Sidney Powell from the Oval Office. During the call, Powell repeated the same claims of foreign interference in the election she'd made at the press conference. While she was speaking, the president muted his speakerphone 
and laughed at Powell, telling the others in the room, this does sound crazy, doesn't it? Rupert Murdoch emails Suzanne Scott about the press conference. Terrible stuff. Damaging everybody, I fear. And yet, the conspiracy theory keeps rolling, aided by Trump and by Fox News. According to the pages of the Dominion lawsuit, there are 20 moments when Fox defames the company, stretching from November the 8th all the way to January 26th the following year. Powell comes on air many times, expanding her claims about Dominion. Rudy Giuliani also spreads the lies. Trump himself began raising the Dominion conspiracy, but only after seeing it on Fox. On air, the allegations are often not challenged at all, and in some cases, actually endorsed by Fox presenters, including Hannity. Nobody liked Dominion voting systems. Nobody. And Carlson. Our system isn't what we thought it was. It's not as fair as it should be. Not even close. Sorry, hate to say that. And you are not crazy for knowing it. You're right. Yet behind the scenes in their messages, the Fox hosts ridicule Powell while giving her a platform. Sidney Powell is a bit nuts, Laura Ingram wrote to Tucker Carlson and Sean Hannity. Sidney Powell is lying, Carlson told his producer in a note the next day. Privately, Hannity texted that Powell was a fucking lunatic. And yet, on 30th of November, she appeared on his show. More than three weeks after Biden won the election, she's making claims that Hannity did not challenge. Interviewed under oath, Hannity says, that whole narrative that Sydney was pushing, I did not believe it for one second. Rupert Murdoch, giving evidence under oath in January, explains why he believed it was acceptable to air these conspiracy theories, saying, We were treating it as news that the president and his lawyers were saying this. We were commenting on it to say it was nonsense, or Tucker was. Rupert Murdoch admits that other hosts did not call the claims nonsense and, in fact, endorsed the false notion of a stolen election. That word again, endorsed. The worst offenders are Bartiromo, who returns to Powell several times in November, and Lou Dobbs, the grumpy host of a Fox Business News show, who aired completely false allegations about Dominion and election fraud a dozen times between November the 12th and December the 10th. Murdoch says, We were in recognition that we had a problem, that he would be fired, because Dobbs was an extremist. Murdoch had actually reached that conclusion months before the presidential election, but had reason to keep Dobbs because Trump and his supporters liked him. And as Rupert Murdoch says, Nobody wants Trump as an enemy. So while Dobbs the extremist stayed on until February 2021, there was no such leniency for Bill Salmon, the man who ran the election desk that made the accurate call on Arizona. On November the 20th, a couple of weeks after the Arizona call, Rupert Murdoch tells colleagues, Maybe best to let Bill go right away, which would be a big message with Trump people. And so Bill Salmon was told that day that he was out. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. 
You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I mentioned that there are more than 800 pages of evidence in the depositions made public in the last few weeks. And we can see that there is powerful first-hand testimony of many Fox people, including Rupert Murdoch, sanctioning the broadcasting of false information on the grounds of newsworthiness as they try to keep their audience on side. But if there is a single passage that you can think of as the smoking gun, it comes when Rupert Murdoch is confronted with the evidence that Fox News did more than just report on wild claims that the president and his team were making. We have a full written transcript of the exchange, and it's worth hearing it in full. A lawyer for Dominion asks... You are aware now that Fox did more than simply host these guests and give them a platform, correct? Murdoch says... I think you've shown me some material in support of that. In fact, you are now aware that Fox endorsed at times this false notion of a stolen election. Not Fox, no. Not Fox, but maybe Lou Dobbs. Maybe Maria, as commentators. Maria Bartiromo, yes? Yes, come on. Fox host Janine Pirro? I think so. Fox business host Lou Dobbs? Oh, a lot. Fox host Sean Hannity? A bit. All were in that document, correct? Yes, they were. About Fox endorsing the narrative of a stolen election, correct? No, some of our commentators were endorsing it. About their endorsement of a stolen election? Yes, they endorsed. There's one more astonishing thing about Sidney Powell's footnote in American presidential history it became clear that she was actually never formally a part of Trump's legal team. The White House disavowed her, and they did so after the private intervention of Tucker Carlson of Fox News. So her wackadoodle allegations were first aired on Fox. They were amplified by Trump himself. A Fox presenter complained about her to the White House and drew the confirmation that she'd never been formally hired as part of the Trump legal team. And still, for weeks and months afterwards, she appeared on Fox News spreading more lies about an invented election fraud. It's all Venezuelan and Cuban and essentially communist money. And even after the January 6th insurrection, which Murdoch said changed everything, Fox News allowed the My Pillow guy, their biggest advertiser, to go on Tucker Carlson's show and repeat the lies about voting machines without any challenge from the host. I've been all in trying to find the machine fraud, and we've found it. We have all the evidence. What possible chance did Fox News viewers have to work out the truth in all of that murkiness? Fox broadcast lies, 
Trump repeated the lies, Fox repeated Trump repeating the lies, and on and on that whirlpool spins. Here's what Rupert Murdoch says under oath. I would have liked us to be stronger in denouncing it in hindsight. Fed such a diet around the clock by Trump and Twitter, Fox and their own right-wing online ecosystem, it starts to feel utterly unsurprising that thousands came to Washington on January the 6th to stop the steal. Rupert Murdoch knew why he was doing this, to hold on to the audience, and he also had a sense of what the consequences might be. On January the 5th, Rupert Murdoch messaged Suzanne Scott once again. He wondered, Should the three stars of primetime, Carlson, Hannity and Ingraham, all put out a joint statement saying something like, the election is over and Joe Biden won? It'd go a long way to stop the Trump myth that the election was stolen. Scott told Rupert Murdoch, Privately, they're all there, but we need to be careful about using the shows and pissing off the viewers. No statement was ever made. And the world knows what unfolded the day after in Washington. On January 6, Trump urged his supporters to march on the Capitol. We will stop the steal. Fight like hell. And if you don't fight like hell, you're not going to have a country anymore. In the aftermath, there wasn't much self-reflection from Rupert Murdoch, but he seemed happy to point the finger at others. Some Rupert Murdoch messages from the following days went like this. January 8. Fox News busy pivoting. We want to make Trump a non-person. January 11. Fox News, which called the election correctly, is pivoting as fast as possible. We have to lead our viewers, which is not as easy as it might seem. The following day, a board member at Fox wrote to Rupert Murdoch saying, some high percentage of Americans thought the election was stolen because they got a diet of information telling them the election was stolen from what they believe were credible sources. Murdoch, sidestepping any blame himself, replies, Wake up call for Hannity, who's been privately disgusted by Trump for weeks, but was scared to lose viewers. Later, he passes the message that his staff are all turning against Trump. Just talked at length with Suzanne Scott. Everything changed last Wednesday. She thinks everyone is now disgusted and previous supporters broken-hearted. And yet, on January 26th, there was the My Pillow guy, the advertiser worth millions of dollars a year to Fox getting on air again on Tucker Carlson's show to repeat the election fraud nonsense. Well, of course, you will likely recognize our next guest. His name is Mike Lindell. He runs My Pillow. He advertises every night on this show and across Fox News. He's one of our biggest sponsors, and we are grateful for that. He is sponsoring free speech when he does it. Murdoch says under oath, The man is on every night, pays us a lot of money. At first you think it's comic, then you get bored and irritated. He confirms he could tell Fox to stop running Lindell's ads, but he says, I'm not about to. And when asked why Fox continues to give a platform to the My Pillow guy, it turns out it's really simple for Murdoch. Money comes before politics. He says, It's not red or blue, it's green. He may like to think of himself as a journalist at heart, but he is a businessman at his absolute core. And when it mattered, ratings were more important to him than facts, whatever the consequences. So what happens in the Dominion case now? 
and what will it mean for Fox and for Rupert Murdoch? I'm Jay Rosen. I teach journalism at New York University, and I write the blog Press Think, and I'm a press critic and journalism teacher. The more I dug into this story, I kept coming back to the same question. It sounds simple, but the answer is really elusive. What is Fox News? Good question. I see it as the commercial arm of a political movement, MAGA, Make America Great Again, specializing in strategic resentment and aggregated grievance in its sort of public-facing self, while behind the scenes it tries to be a traditional kingmaker and party boss riding the tiger of manipulated rage, which its programming continues to influence. So that's what Fox is to me. It's the commercial arm of a political movement that's overtaking the Republican Party. At the start, we had that thought that the big question for journalism used to be, have you got enough independence to speak truth to power? But with Fox, the question is, do you have the independence to speak truth to your own audience? One way of noting that a news organization has a healthy relationship with its audience is that there are times when you have to say to the readers, viewers, listeners, you may not like this, but this is what happened, or this might not be what you hoped for, but here are the facts. And if the relationship can withstand that kind of strain, then you have a healthy connection to the public you serve. But in the case of Fox, it was exactly the opposite. The bond between Fox and its audience couldn't stand the strain of a loss in Arizona and a loss in 2020. I think the people in charge didn't really realize what a tiger they were riding. It's likely that the case will go to trial in mid-April. It's expected to last five weeks unless they settle outside of court. Fox News has argued its presenters are just expressing their opinion and that its freedom of speech is legally protected under the First Amendment. We tried to contact Fox directly, but we didn't get a response. Their latest statement says it was reporting on newsworthy allegations made by associates of Donald Trump. The network claims Dominion has cherry-picked quotes from its internal communications and depositions out of context to attract media attention. But Fox has still got a Donald Trump problem. The trouble is, Trump's running again. He's the front-runner, and he could be the Republican presidential candidate. So the question facing Rupert Murdoch and Fox is what happens if the audience still wants Trump? So, at the beginning of this month, we went to the biggest annual gathering of the conservative diehards. It's called CPAC, the Conservative Political Action Conference, and it happens in this massive convention centre just outside of Washington, D.C. Ben Jacobs is a political reporter in Washington. He writes for the New York magazine and Vox, and we sent him along. Going on in, in January 6th, is you have Black Lives Matter, BLM, settled up, immolating, negative group. We love Trump! We love Trump! We love Trump! We love Trump! 
I've been to CPAC a few times myself, and I remember the first time in 2013, Republican Party chiefs wanted to learn the lesson of a really painful defeat for Romney against Obama, and there were booze in the hall for a plan they launched to learn the lessons of defeat by being more inclusive, more thoughtful on immigration, a kinder Republican Party. This year was not that. This was probably the saddest of all CPACs I've been to. In 2015, there were 12 potential presidential candidates who showed up, all the all the major ones. There have been booths from major groups like the NRA or the Heritage Convention, the American Right. There was sort of a presence from major corporations trying to appeal to conservatives. This ended up having selling vibrating boards where if you stood at them, they would do weight loss and uh, improve sexual function. So how do the people in the convention hall feel about Fox and Trump? Ben spoke to a man called Charles Hibbs, He's in his late 60s with a white handlebar moustache and a bright red MAGA hat. I'm not very happy with Fox News, especially when they've uh, kind of pretty much uh, denounced Trump and thinking that he was part of the insurrection. And I, myself, when you look at that speech that he made, I don't see any indication at all where he said to go over there and tear things down. Charles might say he feels betrayed by Fox, but that isn't the whole truth. I love Tucker Carlson. Okay. I like the ones that stand up okay. for freedom of speech. Okay. The big celebrity of CPAC was Steve Bannon. Murdoch, you've deemed Trump's not going to be president. Well, we've deemed that you're not going to have a network because we're going to fight you every step of the way. The big event of the CPAC weekend was Donald Trump's speech on Saturday evening. And Fox News did decide to broadcast parts of it the first time they aired Trump on Fox in over five months. We can't stop him at the ballot box. You know, they tried that in 2016. How did that work out? Not too good. And we actually, and I have to say this, I hope Fox doesn't turn off, but we did much better in 2020 than we did in 2016. Trump's not going for Fox News like Bannon did, but you can hear the air of menace in his voice and it hangs over Fox and Trump and the Republican race for the presidential nomination. It's a pretty safe bet that Murdoch is gonna try and starve Trump of oxygen in 2023. But what happens if Trump still wins? Will Fox just get back on the Trump train like nothing happened? They've settled in the ratings at 2.3 million a night in prime time, and they are the top cable station seven years in a row. But there are more many more conservative viewers out there. Ben Jacobs again. I think from Fox's perspective, you know, to quote the Lyndon Johnson line, it's better to have Trump on the inside pissing out than on the outside pissing in. And you have this very mutualistic relationship if he becomes the nominee, where Trump needs Fox viewers to to win the election and Fox needs Trump voters to continue to have good ratings, that at this point they're sort of tied to each other for better or for worse. In split-screen America, liberals have MSNBC and conservatives turn to Fox News. The Dominion case might mean that Fox News takes a hit to its reputation and its bank balance. But whatever Rupert Murdoch says about moving on and making Trump a non-person, I would fully expect Fox to roll on, giving the audience what it wants, and once again, endorsing. So that just leaves the legacy of Rupert Murdoch. He's just turned 92, so one thing is certain, his story of power and influence is coming to an end. How much longer has he really got to bend and shape the world?
I asked Jay Rosen, what will the last line of Rupert Murdoch's obituary say? I would say, if anyone is the author of democratic backsliding around the world, it's Rupert Murdoch. The longer trail and the deeper effect that he had is going to be the erosion of democracy in the United States, in Australia, in the UK, and the uh, pattern that he helped lay down for others. Rupert Murdoch, Fox News, its stars and its executives knowingly misled Americans. They set the truth aside, amplified and endorsed Trump's great lie that the election had been stolen. Without that coverage, the January 6th insurrection might never have happened. And there's a real risk that with a vengeful Trump still in the picture, the same cycle could all begin again. And what was it all for? They did it for ratings. What was that line of Rupert Murdoch's? It's not red or blue, it's green. This episode was reported and written by me, David Taylor. The producer was Rebecca Moore. Sound design was by Sam Ambatha. And the editor was Jasper Corbett. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Slow Newscast. Now, before you go, I want to point you in the direction of a new series that we've released. It's called Mel's Electric Adventure, and it stars the comedian Mel Gedroich. And it is utterly joyous. Mel and my colleague Giles Wattell test drive a different electric car every week. It is, as you can guess, something quite different to what we usually do, but I think that you'll really enjoy it. To find it, just search for Mel's Electric Adventure wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you and I'll see you next week. Tortoise. We're supposed to learn from our own mistakes, but other people's errors can be instructive too. From efforts to control the weather that went disastrously awry, to the untimely death of the Segway boss, history is a treasure trove of mishaps and meltdowns that can teach us all. I'm Tim Harford, host of Cautionary Tales, the podcast that mines the greatest fiascos of the past for their most valuable lessons. Listen to Cautionary Tales wherever you get your podcasts.